This is the Wellness Puzzle Podcast with Andrew Jobling, author, speaker, educator, entrepreneur, and AFL player. Join Andrew as he continues his lifelong journey as a student of human behavior. This podcast will help you live your passion, explore your potential, step into your power, and embrace your possibilities. Embrace your possibilities. possibilities. This is Andrew Jobling, and welcome to the Wellness Puzzle Podcast for another week. This week, I'm talking to the man restarted. Yes, Steve Pinner is the newly published author of his book called Man Restarted, and Steve is a man who is passionate about helping men with their rite of passage, helping men be the best they can be, helping men, using his words, have backbone and heart. In other words, have that strength and courage to do what men need to do, but also have heart and have compassion and have empathy for other people, which for a lot of men is a bit of a challenge, as I know personally, for sure. Steve's got a teaching background, now an author and a speaker, and is having a very powerful impact on the lives of men and women and young people. It's an awesome conversation. So sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Steve Pinner. Great to see you, Steve. It's been too long. It has been. Great to see you too, even if it is over a screen, as we've become used to. We are a screen society, aren't we? Yeah. We're, we're two-dimensional. Uh, yeah, it's been a new world. It's been enjoyable in many ways, but really looking forward to just getting back and seeing people again. Although it looks like it might be a little while yet before we can do that permanently. Yeah, and I think things have changed forever. I think the way we do things has changed. And I think for the better, I don't know about you, mate, but before COVID, I was running around like headless chook, driving back and across the city and spending so much time doing stuff that I probably didn't need to be doing. And one of the things COVID has forced me to do is actually stop and reflect and look at how I'm doing things and do things better. So I think we probably do spend too much time on the screen at the moment, but I also think sometimes it's a good thing to do. You don't want to waste your time spending an hour no traveling doubt. to a meeting that leads nowhere. No doubt. Yes. Yeah. Especially with meetings. Meetings is the, uh, you know, death by meetings, is hopefully something of the past where you can just jump on and get something sorted pretty quickly online and, and move on. But you know, I, I do miss sometimes just getting in the car and popping a podcast on like maybe maybe yours and um, just chilling out and having 45 minutes to listen while I'm driving along. But Well, uh, hopefully you listen to this one, mate. I think I might. I think the guest is a pretty good guest, so it's worth, worth listening to. I did my first podcast a few weeks ago and it was very, uh, when, I, when I flicked it on to listen to it, it was a bit cringeworthy to start with, but then I kind of got used to it and I actually just quite enjoyed it. So uh, it was good fun. Hopefully uh, we'll have as much fun. Yeah, we will, mate. But I think we all hate listening to our own voice, don't we? It's like, oh my God, do I really sound like that? Surely not. Anyway, exactly. anyway, it doesn't matter how you sound, mate. It matters what you say. That's the key thing. And we're really here because I want to celebrate you, mate. You've published your first book, Man I Restarted, have. which is awesome, mate. So congrats for that. Thank you. And thank you for your not too insignificant role in getting it going. So uh my writing journey started in the uh, public library at uh, East Melbourne when uh, you stood up in front of me one day and just said, don't do a writing course, just write. So I did it. And it may have taken about five years, but I got there in the end. But it doesn't matter, mate. You've done it. And I think that's the key to becoming an author is you've got to have a book. You can't call yourself an author if you don't have a book. And there's only one way Very to get a point. book. You've got to get started and you've got to keep going no matter how long that takes. And you've done it, mate, which is awesome. And so your book's called Man Restarted, and I know you're pretty passionate about working with men and helping men, and you're a man and I'm a man, so this is a good topic, and surely there's some men listening, and there's probably some people listening that 
have something to do with men. So hopefully this conversation will be positive and helpful for everyone listening. So, mate, just give us a little bit of a pricey version and we'll dig into it a little bit <clears> deeper <throat> in the middle section of this podcast. But give us a bit of an overview. What's the book all about? You know what? The book's for guys like me, the guys that are going okay in their lives, but I suppose okay doesn't cut it as much anymore. And it just kind of evolved from I'd just probably ticked over 40 a year or two later. I found myself kind of asking some deep questions. I, you know, I was in pretty good nick mentally. It was just something that I kind of life was going really quick. And I, I just felt like I was uh, not making the most of my days and my family's days and our time together as a family. And I needed something. So, um, you know, my background as a teacher and specifically with uh, boys education had given me a, a bit of a basis in why men in their middle age can find themselves going a little bit of stray. And uh, I think the first part of the book's about, you know, you wake up one day and you ask yourself, is this all there is? Which can be really unfair on your family and you can be in a pretty good situation, but you still ask yourself those questions. So in itself, it's just, a, I suppose, an opportunity for a refresh and a restart and just to draw a line in the sand and move on with your life and look to your future days with optimism and enthusiasm. So that's so, what I tried to put together. Awesome, mate. So it's a bit of a guide for men that are, is it targeted for men at any particular Absolutely. age? or Yeah, it is. It's um, for men in their middle years. So which I kind of, I mean, traditionally it's been kind of that around 40, but through what I've researched, I think it comes a little bit earlier these days and it can actually drag on a bit later. So I kind of look at it between 35 and 55. Yep. So just in those years when we get busy with our, whether it's our family and our, our careers and and sometimes it can have a big effect on our, on our mental well-being and our physical well-being as well. So uh, it's all geared towards just getting yourself in a good situation internally, if that's probably the way I could put it, so all the other parts of your life can start to fall into place. Awesome, mate. I guess you're finding there's a lot of men out there in that 35 to 55 age group that are struggling a little bit. Now, you mentioned, and I look on your website, you never really spiraled into depression, but a lot of men do. A lot of men feel lost at some point in their life, and they wonder, as you posed that question, why am I here? What's this all about? It's sad that men get to that point. And I don't think it's just men. I think women also find themselves in that point as well, where they're wondering, what's this all about? Is this my life? So I think this conversation, whilst we're directing this at men and the book's man restarted, I think women will get a lot of value from this because I think there's a reason why we get to 35 to 55 and feel this way. There's a reason. And it happens obviously prior to the age of 35 that leads us into this feeling of helplessness or hopelessness or lost or whatever it might be. And I'd like to really reflect on that, but we won't do that right now. I think we need to spend a bit of time doing that in the next section. But I think what you've got, mate, is incredibly valuable, and I think it's going to impact many, many lives, and not just men's lives, but men are responsible for the lives of lots of people, the women and the children as well. And a man, a happy man, a productive man, a positive man, a loving man, an understanding man is going to have a ripple effect on many, many lives. And I think this is a very important conversation, one that I'm really passionate about too, Steve, because my next book, the one I'm currently writing, is for men. Well, it's not for men, but it's more about men, a bit of a user guide. So, mate, tell us a bit about now off the back of the book. What's the plan? What are you doing? What do you want to be doing? You know, obviously, you want to get out there and get this message out. So where's the book taking you? I certainly do. It's, uh, I mean, the book's the, the driver for a lot of other things. And a part of that is just getting the book out there and published was such a big 
obstacle, I suppose, but also a big achievement. And then the funny thing I found was when I actually physically had a copy, I had a massive or probably week of anxiety. And I'm not an anxious person at all, but the thought that I actually had to try to sell this and sell myself was I hadn't really considered it. I thought I'd get a book and then, yep, I'd be confident to, yep, this is the thing. And then I had that week where I just, I frustrated my wife because she was, you know, pushing me, okay, what are we going to do now? Where are we going to get it out? And I was really hesitant. I didn't want mates to read it. I didn't, Isn't you know, funny? I actually, oh, it was a horrible, and it was a really weird feeling for me, as I said, because I'm, I'm a pretty laid back sort of character. I don't really get anxious about too many things, but that really caused. So now I suppose it's, now I've got through that and I know that this will help people. And I know that it's got a really good message and it's got practice. I hate messages without strategies. And so I'm what I really aim to do here is don't say, oh, have a great positive mindset. That's great. But how does a man who's a bit flat, lost, whatever, find a positive mindset? What can you do? So I've tried to make it as real world as possible. So now the challenge is get out there and speak to as many people as possible. You know, 2022 is going to be all about developing that side of man restarted uh, whether it's online it's in person hopefully because i as a teacher i'm used to presenting in front of classes and groups and yeah so that that is my next the next part of the plan uh, and then of course i actually started to write the first few words of the follow-up uh, the other days so um good work a, mate yeah i had a 3 a.m you know that, Epiphany. that spark goes off in your head and you go oh my goodness i better uh, i actually was up at 3 a.m writing something so um so, yes, yeah, so hopefully the next one won't take as long, but uh, that's certainly in well, the plans for 2022. So you're planning on restarting lots of men in 2022, which sounds like a great idea. But, mate, mm. I think there's a couple of things you just said there which are really powerful messages in your journey. I mean, the first thing is writing the book. There's always a challenge. Any goal where the achievement is significant, is there's going to be struggles. And I think the first thing is, mate, you hung in there and you did it. I reckon that's an awesome achievement. So well done for that. And do you know what, what you felt about your book, same, I felt exactly the same. And I think that's pretty common. Like there's one thing to write a book. There's another thing for people to read it and then obviously have an opinion about what you've written and about you. And that is scary. Let me tell you, I still have fear around that. I've just published my eighth book and I still have that same fear. What are people going to think? Particularly when some of the stuff you talk about might challenge people, might yeah. you know rattle the cage a little bit which well you've got you to know, try to do that yeah well there's no yeah. point writing a book that everyone yeah. knows and they're doing anyway because yeah. that's not changing anything you want to rattle a few men's cages right and exactly and you I, know what my whole thing I, I mentioned early on in it that i hope that i piss people off i hope that i annoy people with a few things that i've said in there because i, I need to try to get men to look at life from a different angle because when you are floating along just going with the flow of things you won't take that chance to look at a particular part of your life from a different angle is really really challenging and we always talk about getting it out of our comfort zone once again hard to define what's a comfort zone in getting out of it well maybe it's just looking at some different concept in your life and going all right well i'll have a crack at it so you know there is some stuff in there that i hope does challenge people and then they take on that challenge and it opens a door for them well, look, the only way we're ever going to create change in our life is we're going to get uncomfortable. We're going to experience fear. We're going to do things that are unnatural. But if we stop ourselves because, oh, it's too hard or it's scary or it's unnatural, then we're going to stay exactly where we are. So if you're listening exactly. to this and you're ready to move forward in your life, it sounds like this book could be a really good one, particularly if you're a man. Do you want women to read the book as well? Absolutely. 
Yeah. Why? Tell the women listening, mate, what they're going to get out of it. You know what? I kind of look at, I've got a great relationship with my wife. We're very, very fortunate, but I still went through stuff that she doesn't understand. And there's a number of sort of topics, I suppose, in here where, you know, if I'm being honest, I'm almost writing it to her. So to try to show her why I can be frustrating and why I am the way I am sometimes. I'm trying to be better, but that's why I am. So you know, women reading this for their partners, for their sons, for their fathers, my message to them is, you know, kind of read it and probably tries to give you a bit of an insight into the mind of a pretty run-of-the-mill sort of, you know, my whole thing is I don't have a tragic story to tell. I don't have, haven't overcome an addiction. I'm a just a normal suburban dad loves my sport love my family love my mates but sometimes that's a good story to tell too so but it is um, a good story but you're also a guy that wants to make an impact and i think when you get to a certain age i think we all get to a certain age when you start asking that question why am i here what's it all about i think the thing we start to recognize is that what i've learned in my life and the things i've gone through i can use to help other people yes. and you've obviously recognized that to your story, even though you keep saying how run-of-the-mill you are, mate, I don't think you're run-of-the-mill at all. Run-of-the-mill people don't get published, that's for sure. So you're more than run-of-the-mill. You're someone who loves your family. You're someone who loves your sport. You, you love a beer. You love your mates. You love having a good time. But you want to make a difference and you want to live your best life. And that's what I see in you, mate. So we're going to have a quick break and then we're going to come back. And I really want to dig a bit. I want to challenge some listeners. I want to challenge you. I just love these podcasts because I think some gold is about to come out after this next break. So we will be back. The shedding of tears after a significant achievement, a meaningful moment or purposeful pursuit is an indication of the powerful emotional joy we all strive for in our lives. What if there was a process for personal transformation that could lead to regular tears of joy moments? In Tears of Joy, Andrew Jobling provides the simple steps that will predictably lead to many meaningful moments of significance, achievement, and well-being. This book offers a sure and certain pathway to transformation that lasts. To purchase Tears of Joy or any of Andrew's other books, go to andrewjobling.com.au. Steve, this is such a critical and important topic. It really is. More and more, I see the impact of men, their words, their actions, their behaviours, their stereotypes, a whole range of things. You can see the impact, the ripple effect of the impact that a man can have on not just his family, but his community as well. And so I think this is such a critical topic. And I really hope lots of lots of men buy your book. I hope lots of women buy your book and, or at least read your book. And I know it's going to have a powerful effect. So that is going to challenge people. And I think there's a lot of men that are very fixed. We know that men in a certain age range are very fixed in certain mindsets. I know my mindset for a long time was no pain, no gain, all or nothing kind of thing. Just push through. You don't talk. You don't share your feelings. You don't show your weakness or your vulnerability. You shut up. You stay strong. You jog it out. When I was at St Kilda, mate, that was the joke. Jog it out. When you get a corky, you jog it out. Well, Yep. It's in Kilda as well. Oh, I've broken my leg. That's all right. Get up, mate. Jog it out. Look, my <laughs> arm's been amputated. That's all right. Jog it out. This is crazy. We joked about it, but that was the mindset of men is don't complain. You're in pain. Just keep going. Just keep pushing. And unfortunately, that leads to issues. From your experience, what do you see some of the greatest challenges that men face? 
Oh, geez, that's a long, long topic to uh, have a chat about that. But, you know, one of the biggest things or one of the biggest breakthroughs, I suppose, I, I had when I was writing this was um, I stumbled upon a, a study that was completed in the early 70s by a guy called Levinson. And he was looking at whether adult men have a similar development stage, like a biological development stage, as we do during our childhood and adolescence. So, you know, like when you baby's born and they say there's all these little, you know, development stages, tick the box, you know, by this stage you'll be crawling, et cetera, you know, adolescence as, as well. And he, in his uh, research, he found there's a number of different stages through a man's life. So at around about 40 years of age, there is a set development change. Um, so a transition from early adulthood into older adulthood. And through his study, they surveyed a wide number of men around about in that, that vintage. And that's a time when men start to consider what's happened in their life before. So they look back sometimes with regret and then they look forward with pessimism and they're worried and anxious about what the future brings. Also at that time, some men make big, big life decisions and make, as you probably would be you know, very aware, making a big life decision when you're in a time of distress or confusion is a really, really bad thing to happen. So part of what I've tried to do here is support men that are going through that midlife transition through a number of different, as I said, practical strategies, you know, with their mental, you know, I've got a massive, uh, I suppose, influence on my life has been positive psychology. So the basics of positive psychology, using optimism to look to your future uh, with enthusiasm so that to tackle that, midlife transition with some real tools so that you don't make bad decisions. So I think a lot of the issues that men in their middle age can find are related to that transition. Some people call it a, a crisis. Some people call it a rite of passage. I think it is a rite of passage. It's something we all need to go through. Some might just cruise through it really easily. It might just create a few little ripples. Others have, you know, the, the full-blown emotional terrors that go with going through that part of your life. I've had a close friend take his life around about that time as well through obviously stuff that he had going on in his life and he decided that he couldn't continue and you know I still uh, have close contact with his family and his two sons and you know I still see the effects of that some six or so years later so that's a strong motivator for me so I can take it all back to almost that that transition where if men don't have almost like an internal sort of drive I call it like a mantra and I'll, I'll probably get onto that shortly, but uh, having something that you've got that you can fall back on, that you know who you are. And it's that bit of confusion about where you are that yeah, certainly affects this yeah. as well. So Yeah. Okay. So this transition stage happens around 40 or between 35 and 55. Yes. Okay. This is something, just open up a conversation. I've got no go idea where this will go. Yeah. A lot of men behave a certain way in that period of time because, again, of stereotype, because of what they feel is expected of them, because of generational influences where we've been told, get an education, get a career, get a job, which doesn't suit everyone, the no. education thing. It just doesn't. So you force a man or a woman or anyone really into this path for the first 15 to 20 years of their productive working life and they're miserable. I mean, clearly there's going to be ramifications of that and it's going to happen and probably around that 35 to 55 age. Absolutely. Yeah? It's going to happen. I've been talking about this for a long time. I just think how 
whole society, the way we, what we value is flawed. I think the education we value is flawed. I think we're trying to fit people into a box and some people fit into the box nicely and they're really successful, but the vast majority of people do not fit into that box. Absolutely. They're forced yeah. down. There's always got to be some kind of consequence to that. So the question, mate, is how do we avoid it? Now, we're never going to fully avoid this. I mean, I think you've mentioned it's probably a natural transition for me moving from young adult to older adult. That's going to happen anyway. But how do we help younger men, teenagers even, that are starting out on their journey to reduce the chance they find themselves in this dangerous period where potentially there's breakdowns you've mentioned suicide which is the worst case scenario but there's abuse there's violence there's a whole range of substance abuse alcohol drugs all sorts of stuff that can start to happen when we feel lost and we feel like we don't have any answers and we need something to mask the pain that we're too embarrassed to share and we don't know how to deal with it so what are some things that younger guys could start doing to reduce the chance of this happening at that stage? I think the greatest influence on, and it ticks every box of what you just said then, is ensuring our young people have got well-designed and totally effective rite of passage experiences. So it's something that we did for thousands of years as humans, and we haven't done it for the last couple hundred years, 200, 300 years. A few years ago, I got to go up and do some training with uh, Dr. Arna Rubenstein, who runs the Rite of Passage Institute up near um, Byron. And he and a number of other people, there's another group called Right Lines. They go into schools and do these programs. They show, especially young boys, how to transition into manhood. And it's the greatest driver. I still look back at my transition from adolescent to manhood, and it was, you know, go to the pub, get pissed, chase girls, whatever it was. Yep. And that was how you proved you were a man. That's not how you prove you're a man. So uh, there is a quote in the book from it's a group called, I'll just see if I can quickly scan through and find it for you, goodblokes.co, which are I think they're a Western Australian men's group. And they talk about how there's an African proverb about if you don't show young men how to transition into men, then they'll start fires to burn to feel it. Oh, here it is here. There's an African proverb that says, if we don't initiate our boys, they will burn down the village just to feel the heat. I asked a group of 14-year-old boys last week what it looks like these days when a young man is burning down the village. They mentioned drugs, alcohol, hooning, bullying, etc. Then one young bloke brought up a big one, school shootings. I reckon he's right. Sadly, since 1982, 111 mass shootings have been carried out in the US by male shooters. Only three have been perpetrated by females. Maybe men who act violently are just boys in men's bodies who never learned to feel the heat in a healthy way. So that's basically what we're talking about, actually showing boys yep. how to transition into men. So I think a rite of passage is hugely important. I suppose this is where I can probably just mention having that use of a mantra, which is the what I use is to live with backbone and heart, which is a Steve Bidoff yep. uh, quote from his book, The New Manhood. Uh, he was asked about what it means to be a man. And he said, well, you need to have backbone, which is, as you were talking about earlier, that traditional sort of stereotype of a, a strong, stoic, can be relied on in times of need. That man is still exceptionally relevant, but he's incomplete without the heart. Yep. And that's being able to love and show love and empathy and compassion, which where I think we look in a lot of our society, that's where a lot of men 
and boys go astray. They see, they still see men or they still see empathy and compassion for people as a weakness. And that's yep. what we really, really need to swing around. Oh, we do. So sure. part of what, and you asked about future plans. I'm an educator. I've worked with, you know, teenage boys for a long, long time. So although Man Restarted is all about guys of my generation, I still have plans to um, you know, have programs which are for adolescents, which will be under the, the backbone and heart banner. I love so, it, mate. I, I love it. I totally agree with what you're saying. It's something that's just absolutely critical for our communities. Yeah, there's another saying that I use, you need a thick skin and a soft heart. It's the same, exactly the same thing, effectively. It means you do need to have that stoic is a good word and you need to have, be strong. We do. As men, we need to be strong and protect <clears throat> and provide for and do all that stuff we need to do, but we also need to love we need compassion. <clears throat> we need to share. We do. Boys, men, and the, listen and the to compassion, this talk. The compassion self-compassion too. An important part of it, I'll do a little bit of study about our emergency services and how they're getting much better at you know, they They do their job under unbelievable circumstances and they see horrible things, but then the self-compassion that comes after that is vital. And that goes across the board with with everyone. If you're Whatever you're going through, being kind to yourself is a massive, hugely important in your, your mental well-being. Yep. Forgiving yourself, forgiving yourself. And a lot of men do things and then carry a lot of shame and then try and cover it, mask it. We're exactly. all human beings. We all do things we wish we hadn't done. We make poor choices. We say dumb things. Yeah. I spend most of my younger adulthood apologizing for dumb stuff that I'd said. So that's okay, guys. We're all human beings. Some really powerful stuff. I think you're right. This rite of passage concept, I love that. But it'll only work with role models. You're not going to give a young man a rite of passage unless he's got someone to follow. He needs a positive role model. He needs someone there that's exampling compassion and exampling that strength, exampling yes. that empathy, yep. exampling that heart, exampling vulnerability. So if you're a parent, then obviously as a man, that's what you want to be exampling to your younger people for sure. Yeah, so, mate, definitely. you did say part of your goals for your book is to annoy people. I think that were the exact words you said. You want to annoy people, annoy men. You want to challenge their thinking. How? Well, it's it's with things that I suppose sometimes we give our, ourselves a bit of a pass on things. So I'll give you an example. In one of the sections, I talk about uh, pornography and Porn's still a bit of a joke for a lot of guys, you know. Yep. I mean, sort of been around sport my whole life and um, whether it's sport or work, there's always jokes about red tube or something like whatever it is that still make us all chuckle. And I think one November I accidentally called a mate, Jeremy, instead of Burgundy. So everyone just had it, you know, well, there's a bit of an in-joke if anyone. <laughs> I don't want to kind of explain that one, but I challenge people to, to have a look at it. Look at the, and I refer to a number of studies that the effect that over-the-top use of porn does to you mentally, to your relationships, to you physically. So that's something that a lot of men will push back on and they'll go, hang on, well, you know, what do I do in my own time and what I look at on my smartphone when whatever is is my business and none of yours. So that's a little example of just where I'm, I'm not preaching, but I'm no, just saying no. here's, here's the evidence. You're a smart, intelligent man. You can either run with it. You know, well, I mean, I can't, I'd, like anything, like any book, as you, you're very well aware, you can provide people with information, you can give them all the evidence, and it's up to them whether they want to make a decision on it, how if it will make a positive change in their life. And I think that's a valid one, mate, because you're right. Porn is an issue. 
And for most men, they don't see it as a problem, but it is a significant problem. And I'm reading a book, I don't know how many times I've read it, by a guy called Alan Meyer, called From Good Man to Valiant Man. And he talks a lot about porn. And he talks about men get, he calls it highs through the eyes. When we look at stuff, that causes a chemical Absolutely. A chemical stimulation yeah. in a male body, which can lead to a whole range of things. But I think when you think about porn, I mean, there's a few things. Number one, you're objectifying women for a start. And I mean, how many men that are fathers want their daughters objectified? The other thing is Alan Meyer talks about, he calls this junk sex. He calls it, you know, when you have junk food and you go through the day and you snack on, have a Mars bar here and a packet of chips there and you have a dimmy and whatever, and you get home, you're not interested in eating, right? You're full. Exactly. Like, yep. And he calls junk sex the same when you're looking at maybe five minutes of porn here and looking at there during the day, you get home and you're not interested in having that intimate relationship with your wife or your partner because you've filled yourself up on what he calls junk sex. And that's an addictive behavior and it will lead, the more you try and feed that addiction with porn or anything, whether it's alcohol or whatever, the more your body needs it to get the same stimulation, right? You, You know all this stuff. I'm just following through on this, mate, because I think there are probably some guys that have switched off already, or if they're still listening, they might be cringing, but you've got to understand that there is a very, very, very negative impact if you follow through on pornography as a source of stimulation. Yes. And once again, this is not preaching to people. No, it's it's not. It's caring uh, for people. It it is. Are you worried about people? Yeah. And I, I, I included it purely because it's a really big issue with a lot of men and it creates, you know, we won't spend too much more time chatting about no. this topic, but it's something that causes issues in a man's life and it goes to affect his relationships, which are, you know, the main driver of happiness in someone's life. So my role is to try to help men lead happier, healthier, more resilient lives. And one of the topics that does influence that is, is porn. It will challenge, which is it is. Yeah, that is good, mate. And it is an important topic to be mentioned, but we will end the topic right here and now. In fact, we're going to have a quick break, mate. We'll come back and we'll actually talk about some really positive steps that men can take right now to help them live that happy, positive, successful, healthy, resilient life you just spoke about. So we'll be back. Fitness is an essential piece of the wellness puzzle. First step, finding someone to help you on your fitness journey. But finding a personal trainer or class you love isn't always easy. That's where Fitty comes in. Fitty is the app to help you discover trainers and classes near you. Find one you love and connect. Booking session times or classes has never been easier with Fitty's unique live calendar view system. Download the Fitty app in the App Store or Google Play today. So, Steve, you were just saying as you were researching your book and writing your book, you were just looking for information everywhere you can. And I think when you really create an interest in something, you want to know more and more. And you said you just kept finding stuff and it kept taking you down paths and learning more and learning more and learning more. And when you really dig into it, there's a lot to know, isn't there, in this particular area and how you help men just live their best life, be the best man they can be, not just for themselves, but for the people they're responsible for and part of the role of a man. We are responsible for other people. So, mate, Why don't we talk about a couple of thoughts and ideas, strategies for men that are listening right now to help them, doesn't matter what age they are right now, and also for women who are listening, how they can support their sons, their husbands, partners, dads, brothers in 
their own journey. What are some thoughts you've got, mate? Some simple ideas for men to really help them start to make a shift to become the best men they can be. Yeah, well, as you said, this whole process was, I can't tell you the influence it's had on me because, uh, you know, I was, I thought I was going along pretty well when I sat down with you in that cafe a fair few years ago now and said I was going to write a book about men turning 40 and it changed dramatically over the, that period of time. But basically my four sort of, I call it the four pillars, I suppose, that we, we base the book on is having a mantra, as I spoke about earlier. You know, mine is I try to live every day with backbone and heart. So that drives my decisions, drives how I interact with people. It drives how I look at myself when when I've made an error or I've stuffed up, whatever it is. So that is, that's a really important part of who I, who I am now. And then that's backed up by some standards. So, which are basically the standards by which you live your life. So a lot of us know what our values are and we probably just don't document them. So part of the process that I prescribe, I suppose, if that's the word, is to sit down and document in different parts of your life what your values and standards are, what you hold yourself accountable for. So then it's amazing how powerful actually having something down on paper or on a laptop or whatever has on you because you've almost like, here's my standards, here's my line in the sand, here's what I'm going to hold myself accountable to. And that's very powerful. And from there follows on, I suppose, getting in line with what I was talking about earlier about positive psychology is I want to reframe mental health into mental wealth. So it's all the positive aspects, preventative measures that you can take to keep yourself on the flourishing side of the mental health spectrum. And so what are some of those things that can help people with their, I love that mental wealth, I call it mind wellness. So it's just getting out of that mental health place because there's such a stigma around mental health. Absolutely. And I think some of it's, when people say I've got mental health issues, I think we need to reframe that and talk about mental ill health. Mental health is, it's like saying I've got health. No one says I've got health. It's you've got a health issue or an ill, ill health issue. So I think we need to reframe that a little bit, but it's things like one of my former work colleagues is Hugh Van Kylenberg, who started the Resilience Project. So obviously, Hugh's been a great influence on me in terms of their program, which is based around uh, gratitude, empathy, and mindfulness as a means of developing your resilience. And that's the basics of positive psychology, really, is going through that process every day of things that you're thankful for and the people in your life and the events. For some people, though, writing it down doesn't work. You know, it's a very hard habit to develop. But I just try to get up every morning and actually have a moment where I think about what I'm grateful for. That can actually rewire parts of your brain and kind of our inherent negativity bias that most people or everyone has. You know, you're more likely to feel the effects of one negative experience in your day than you are a positive experience. That's just the way we're wired. So, and obviously practicing, you know, things like mindfulness. A lot of people equate mindfulness to meditation. Once again, for some people, meditation doesn't work it's uh, something that they find really hard to sit back and listen to something and you know they fall asleep or they can't quiet their mind so i talk about having mindful moments so a mindful moment is where you might be sitting there watching your kids play and just have that moment where you're fully aware and appreciating that moment in time or it could be you know watching your partner laugh or in the book i talk about a mindful moment I had when I was playing cricket a few years ago and I was standing in the outfield waiting for the field to change or something. And I just looked at the guys that I was playing with and a number of them I'd played cricket with since I was a little boy. And I had, a, it was a beautiful summer day. 
and you know lovely surrounds beside the parklands where our local club is and I just had that moment where I thought I'm really lucky to have found this stupid game that's frustrating but I've played for 30 plus years with guys that have been great we've been through so much stuff together we're still doing it. our families are now standing up on the deck watching us play that's a moment in your life that gives you so much internal satisfaction that's mindfulness as well yeah so yeah, you're right, mate, and that's powerful, and that's simple too, isn't it? I mean, it's interesting. I was having a conversation this morning with a client of mine and asked her, how are you? Oh, I'm stressed. I'm stressed. Why are you stressed? As we're recording this, it's only a few days before Christmas. Oh, Christmas and presents and wrapping and food preparation, and it's like, well, you should be enjoying that. I mean, absolutely. think about the end result of those presents getting unwrapped. Think about the end result of that food being eaten and how much yes. joy that's going to bring to people. Think about what you're doing and why you're doing it. And you're right, we get so lost in this running from one task to the next task, doing the next thing. We don't really think about the impact of the task we have at hand. You and I are sitting here recording a podcast right now, and, and it could be really, I've got to rush through this, I've got to get it done because I've got to get the next thing. But no, no, this conversation is going to impact someone's life. And so I love that, mate, the mindful moments. I think that's really, really powerful. Yeah, it's something that I think when I, have, I talk about these light bulb moments that I have when I was putting all this together and that was a moment when I went you know what I really enjoy meditation but I find it really difficult to do it all the time so but I find myself at my most relaxed and my peace of mind at its uh, at its highest if we can say that is when I am engaged in what's going on you know another one of my former work colleagues is a guy called Dale Sidebottom and he's released a book called Play and it's all about using play whether it's games of all sorts of different varieties for your mental well-being because you get involved in the game and you have fun which i think as adults we lose we do and so that's a that's another a great book to that's awesome i just want to stop for a sec mate and just ask everyone that's listening right now just to have a mindful moment just to think about something in your life you're excited about you're grateful for because i think just stop and take a breath mate i'm grateful for this moment that i've got with you very grateful yeah me too I think we've done three. You said there's four. What was the last one? Uh, oh, connection, which is connection, connection with, our, well, with our fellow humans. As I said, our relationships have, well, we all know our relationships have got the power over us that can give us the highest of highs, the lowest of lows, and we can all probably take steps to make sure we get on the right side of that spectrum too. So there's a, I've written a chapter on our romantic or love relationships and one also on our importance of male friendships, which are yep. critical for men's, not just their, their mental health and their well-being, but also just for their journey as a man. Um, yep. You know, you can't, you can't learn how to be a man surrounded by girls. And that's not a slight on women at all. No, it's just not at all. the way it is surrounding ourselves with men of backbone and heart or men that have been through and that's similar important. challenges. Yeah. That's um, key, mate. That's I what, think, and yeah. sorry to interrupt you, but I think no, that's yeah. a really key point because I think guys go, oh, well, I'm hanging around men, but what are the values? What are they doing? What are their behaviors? How do they treat other men? How do they treat women? These Absolutely. are the questions you want to ask because you don't just want to hang around men for the sake of hanging around men. You want to hang around the right men that are going to help you with that rite of passage that you spoke about. Yeah, you could not be true in your words there. I'm very lucky my group of mates are they're good men. Now we're around a lot of younger men all the time through our friendships at the cricket club. And cricket's one of those sports that brings a males from a wide age group together. You know, just in this past couple of weekends, I've actually been playing in a team with two of my daughter's best friends and they're 14. 
So it makes me feel a bit old at 48 to be running around with the young fellas. Mate, but, just um, average it. 48 and 14, what's that? 62 divided, so you're 31. There you go. <laughs> I like that. I like that theory. You know, that actually gives us such a, a great opportunity to, to impact on these boys. And how we impact on them is that's a big responsibility. And there's some men that don't take that seriously and the way that they conduct themselves. I take it very seriously and other men that I associate take it very seriously. So we're leaving as positive impact with these boys so that they will do the same one day to another generation that comes through. That's awesome, mate. So I think that's really good for men listening to this. You want to ask yourself that question. If my behavior was duplicated by someone else, would that be a good thing? Would it be a good thing if my kids did what I do, talked the way I talk? Is that the the way you want them to grow up? Our legacy is all we leave behind. So, uh, you know, if we leave a positive one, then we've lived a life well lived, I suppose. And we're all going to leave a legacy. Whether that's a positive legacy or not, that's up to the way we live our life. Mate, this has been such an awesome conversation. And I just want to say before we wrap this up, you know, you mentioned the four things, the uh, the mantra, the standards, the mental wealth and the connection. I just want to direct this little comment to women in terms of supporting men and helping create a harmonious community and family or whatever it is. And I think for men, if you have a mantra like Steve, you've got backbone and heart, and I'm sure your wife knows that. So maybe she can challenge you a little bit if she feels like you're not living with backbone and heart, or she can certainly encourage you. And I think it's important that you share your mantra with your partner so they know what you're aiming for or working towards, and they can help and support you and maybe pull you up if you need pulling up. You know, your standards, I would certainly be sharing those with the people you care about the most. The things you're doing, the gratitude, empathy, the mindful moments, don't do that on your own. Do that with your family and connecting. I think all these things that I just want to make sure this podcast is not just directed for men. This is for everyone. This is for young people, old people, male, female. Everyone's going to get value from what's been said today, mate. So, Steve, people want to buy your book. They want to reach you. They want to get you to come and talk or they want to connect with you in some way. How do they do that? Uh, the quickest way is manrestarted.com.au and all, all the social channels, just manrestarted. I think I've managed to lock that in before anyone else pinched it. So on Facebook and Insta and, and Twitter, the best way to get the book is via the website. It is available on Amazon and Booktopia and all those other ones, but uh, I can get you a copy out pretty quickly if you go through the website. And it will be signed by the man restarted. Absolutely. <laughs> that was another thing to get my head around. I actually... One of the early copies I sold was to our club's major sponsor and I handed him a copy. He said, where's your signature? Where's the personalized message? And I said, you really want my signature? Of course he does. And he, goes, and he actually handed it back to me and said, go and take it away and give it back to me when you're done. So um, yeah, another little, you know, we've all got these little insecurities and and mine was becoming a self-promoter. So now I'm- um, Well, you're not, I'm, I'm, you've got to remember, no. you're not self-promoting, mate. You're promoting your message and you're impacting and lives. It's not about building you up. This is about exactly. building other people up is what you're doing. So I think that's important to remember. And again, all work. Good message. So sorry, I was going to say, we're all, we're all works in progress and I'm a very good example of that. You are, mate. You're doing great stuff. So Steve, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. And look forward to the impact you have on many lives as your book and your message starts to spread around the world. Thanks, mate. Awesome. Thanks, mate. Thanks for your time. What a wonderful conversation with Steve Pinner it was. There was so much wrapped up in there, wasn't there? Wow. And I hope it inspired. It may have challenged. And I hope it's empowered you, if you're a man, to maybe challenge some of the things that you're doing that are not healthy. Maybe make some changes. Certainly, 
I loved his four steps that he talked about, and particularly in the mental wealth space where he talked about gratitude, empathy, and mindful moments. And I really want to encourage more mindful moments for all of us. Yeah, some really great stuff there where you get one chance. And I know that there is a challenge for men, particularly when they reach that stage, that 35 to 55-year-old stage of life where we can start to really question what we're doing, why we're doing it. No matter what age you are, now's the time to start creating change. Now's the time to start becoming the best you can be, whether you're a male or female or a young person. Now is the time. And Steve is a great man to connect with if you want help in that space. You can buy his book. You can connect with Steve at his website, manrestarted.com.au. And as he mentioned, Man Restarted on most of the social media platforms. I want to thank my sponsors, Fiddy and Pietro. Thanks, mate, for all you do to help people get their bodies fit, lean, happy, healthy, and moving. And thank you for what you're doing to help me get my message out around the world. Another week down. It's been a good one. And there will be another one next week, as there will be for a long, long time to come while this podcast is still having an impact. And the one life I know is having a powerful impact on his mind. And as long as it's doing that, I will keep producing and I will keep putting them out there and I will keep bringing amazing guests to you. So I'll be back next week. Look forward to being with you. My name is Andrew Jobling. This is the Wellness Puzzle Podcast. 